Well, I don't know about you, but it's a beautiful day here today and I am ready to talk about a movie that is pretty much the complete opposite of a beautiful day. Nolan, are you ready to do that? I pretty much am ready to do that. It's also quite a beautiful day here in Glasgow. There's sun shining, the trees aren't trying to kill themselves. and The uh, trees try to kill themselves in Glasgow. Well, yeah, you know, the wind goes mental. It's like they're trying to get themselves off their roots. I guess just because it's Glasgow. I I don't blame them. (laughs) They want to fly away to, like, London or something. (laughs) Oh, what a glorious thought that is. Sad for the trees, Nolan. I'm sad for them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to It's a Wonderful Podcast. Nolan, we have done it this week. We, we didn't have. last week. I thought we had, but we have done it this week. It's episode 56. This movie's from 1956, and my brain is happy. Well done. Um, you know what my brain is thinking right now? What? Your shirt is fucking blinding me. My shirt today is a delightfully bright green colour. Uh, I haven't worn this shirt in quite some time, and I found it and decided, hey, that's a shirt I haven't worn in quite some time. You look Why like, don't I put it on? You look like Bruce Banner if he was going to an awards ceremony. I'll take it. You're I'll, Professor I'll, I'll Hulk. I'll take that. I am Professor Hulk. What I wouldn't give to actually be Professor Hulk. What a glorious amalgamation of people. Uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about Professor Hulk I am Morgan, that is Nolan, this is It's a Wonderful Podcast, and we are right smack bang in the middle of Monster Movie May. Well, maybe not right smack bang in the middle. Um, We are now in Monster Movie May, at least. And leading up all the way to Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which I need it in my eyeballs right now. I saw the trailer Uh, in IMAX yesterday, and it's, it's like my brain is just happy. Yeah, I I uh, I must admit, I also saw the trailer for this movie. I don't think it was the first time I'd seen the trailer, um, but I really sort of paid attention to it yesterday. Presumably, yesterday we went watching the same movie. John Wick 3? Yes, mm-hmm. which, of course, you will be able to hear me and Janine on Morgan Hasn't Seen talk about uh, John Wick 3 uh, parabolum, as we like to pronounce it. Uh, next Wednesday, if you are listening to this on the weekend of its release. But yeah, I saw the Godzilla trailer uh, as well, and yeah, I'm kind of pumped for it. I'm kind of wanting to really go and see it. If you go back to the uh, Comic-Con trailer, the minute Godzilla, like, shoots his atomic breath up into the sky and the Claire de Lune music kicks in. It's just... It gives me, like, full-body chills. It's a, I think it's going to be a pretty perfect uh, big-screen movie. 
Definitely. I uh, no, not want to watch on your phone or your tablet or an airplane. Or your Nintendo DS or your Game Boy. You know, just, just, just like how Christopher happen. Nolan wants you to watch his movies. Of course, yes. On, on, on the Game Boy. That's not a possibility. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if Game Boys actually... Uh, so advanced now that you can watch movies on them. Did Game Boys even still exist? No, I I'm so out of the loop so. when it comes Game to gaming. I think Game Boys went out of fashion years ago. I used to have a Game Boy. But it's alright, you can uh, you can also watch Godzilla King of the Monsters on your Tamagotchi. So, on that little, little screen that's like a millimetre wide and like an inch long. And next yeah. week I'm probably going to go see Rocket Man because I do not want to see Aladdin. Oh, the Elton John movie, yeah. Uh, eh, I don't really care. I, I certainly don't care about Aladdin. Um, if you get a chance, Rocket. actually, um, I saw Booksmart as part of Odeon Screen Unseen. That's out next week. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. I've, I've been keeping my eye on that. I do... I do admittedly want to see that one. Or, um, if you don't want to do any yeah. of that next week, you could watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which we're here to talk about. You certainly could, because it's it's damn well worth a watch. I, uh, I love that we've done this with Monster Movie Me in picking these movies that... I, although I do think this... Uh, inv- I do think Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a little more deep and a little more layered and uh, it has a bit more something to say than them did last week it's kind of Um, weird because um, me and my brother were watching Black Mirror last night and as mm -hmm. we know the new trailer for Black Mirror season 5 has come out and I reckon the internet is going to be stanning Miley Cyrus after those episodes come out but uh, this... The internet doesn't like anything these days, Nolan, we know that. Trust me, I, I reckon Miley Cyrus is going to impress a lot of people with Black Mirror this year. Well, that's fair, I, I like that. Big up Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And uh, weirdly enough, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, it kind of feels like a sort of Black Mirror, Twilight zone type story. Absolutely it does. I mean, it it fits in so well. I talked about this a lot. Uh, last week, but this movie fits in so well in the era it was made. Definitely. Uh, in the 50s, with the, the Red Scare, the Communist Scare in the US, whether it was, you know, Joseph McCarthy going on his, his witch hunts of people, or uh, just a general public fear of uh, of Soviet power. Uh, this movie, inva- this silly movie called Invasion of the Body Snatchers, based on a silly sci-fi book called, not Invasion, I think it's just called The Body Snatchers, actually, is the book. It is, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it has all these little subtle things that are just so very, so very thematically perfect of the uh, of, of the time in uh, in American history. Unlike another similar kind of story we watched, War of the Worlds, which is absolutely not subtle. No, no, it isn't at all. Um, War of the Worlds kind of is similar. Three came out three years before we did that a while back. Um, no, that was very sort of. We are America, and we will protect our homeland. Uh, Whereas in, in that this is like, movie. we're just regular no, the- people. 
and our identities are being stolen. Exactly. It, it is. It's a. It's an identity. It's a movie about identity. It's a movie about. It's. It is so. It really taps into what the the culture was fearing in the in America in particular at the time. Um, but it is. And the reason I say it is so very, very, very layered is that you can look at it as either this sort of simple anti-communist sort of movie that's like, the pod people are emotionless communists, yay! <laughs> you know, that sort of I just realised you said that and we do a podcast, are we the pod people now? We are the pod people. Are we, <gasps> the pod people New are idea. emotionless. <laughs> New idea for the pod... This feed, a uh, new show called The Pod People, where I talk in a very monotone way. Not that I usually don't, um, anyway, because I, I feel like I kind of do sometimes, but I just talk like that and just maybe, I don't know, read a telephone book or please go away, fly. We do not want you buzzing near the microphone, thank you very much. Um, so that's what that yeah, buzzing I'll is. Just, yeah, there's some I'll flies just read, like, coming a out here. Telephone book. One of the downgrades of UK summer. Flies are fucking everywhere. Well, flies are everywhere in every place in the world. Flies are a nightmare. Flies are the real world equivalent of pod people in that nobody likes them, but they take over. That's a very good analogy. And if you're lucky, sometimes they look like Jeff Goldblum. Sometimes they do look like Jeff Goldblum uh, in the 70s. Not necessarily in the fifties uh, uh, but yeah like I was saying you can either look at this movie as as this sort of fairly simple anti-communist thing or you can look at it as a a comment on the actual witch hunting that took place like the the McCarthyism like I said before that took place during that time where everyone was being accused of you're a communist, you're a communist, you're a communist. You look at Hollywood blacklisting around this time as well. It's all like that. But it is so layered in that way, this movie, that it is simultaneously both of those things. And it comments on both things really, really well. And, like, you don't even see an alien in this movie? or No, 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 no. You see someone, like, sort of... It looks like they've got lemonade bubbles on their body, but that's probably the closest to something strange you see. This is all in the but subtext. It really is, and I mean, I think the, the the most special effects you actually get in this movie is when, like, is that one scene where the pods are birthing someone. Uh, it's like halfway through. Which um, it, it looked like the reaction you get in a pot when you're making caramel, when you add bicarbonate <laughs> soda. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I did not think anyone would liken the 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 creation of pod people to the making of caramel. Uh, two very very different things that cause very very different reactions on people. I've been watching um, the Food Network. <laughs> you've been watching the Food Network a lot. Okay. Have you not been watching the Horror Channel? You'll find stuff like this on the Horror Channel. No, no, I don't. I don't really watch the horror channel here because it's usually garbage. Uh, yeah, I mean, the odd good thing turns up on the horror channel every 
now and again. But yeah, I want to get your take on on this whole uh, the whole themes behind this well, movie. I don't know much about McCarthyism or communism because I tried reading about them and they just confused me. But what I got from this was this was a story about your identity being stolen and how like simple that could be because the way this works is like anytime these people sleep next to a pod they wake up as this like emotionless version of themselves and right now if you told someone who fell asleep outside and then woke up as an emotionless version you just assume they were hungover but <laughs> yeah. uh, well this well uh, that might be the case in Glasgow maybe. as we uh, as we often discuss <laughs> but uh, I, I just found the whole... The, the thing that scared me the most was the idea of your soul essentially being taken away and no one knowing that it's happened, really. And just, yeah. like, how do you go about life after that? Definitely. And I, I, I must admit, I uh, obviously went into watching this movie knowing it was uh, this whole sort of... or knowing that it was supposed to be this comment on what I was talking about. Um didn't think too much about this whole identity aspect and this is where I like our discussions that we sometimes have because we always tend to have very different things please tell me about the McCarthyism and communism angle because I don't quite get well, it well okay well jo Joseph McCarthy was a, a Republican senator Yay. in the US around the <laughs> in the 50s who basically was the, the figurehead and I don't know too much about it, but all I know is that he was sort of the figurehead and the leader of a lot of the witch hunting that took place. Uh, and, you know, basically, without any evidence, he would accuse people of being a communist and things would go on from there. And it was that sort of thing, right? So that's what he did. Commun I mean, communism's communism. It was, you know, the Soviet uh, power uh, versus the... Uh, American power, the cold, the whole Cold War. That's what this, this what the, that's what this movie is commented on. But it is, that's what I said. What is so smart about it is that it's actually taking both sides at the same time. Right, because as I understood, it's commenting on both isn't, things. At the isn't same communism time. kind of like a whole everyone helps each other kind of thing? Communism, communism is. I'm not. I don't. I don't mean to try and explain... Right, now you've got me on to explaining a political ideology and I'm not sure I'm well-versed enough to do so. Um, communism is, every, simply put, every person has the same commodities and everyone everyone is treated equal, but that's in terms of everything. Like... Econo everyone is economically equal, and I mean equal to the T, which is why you always get all these, these dictators that come out of communism, like Castro's or Stalin's or, you know, stuff like that, that, that take control over people because a lot of them are totalitarian right. because they just control everyone because everyone else is just cheap to to these people that are, that are, that are the, the, the wolves, to use that analogy, right? They are just controlling over over all these people that basically have no freedom. 
All right, I can see how that goes into the movie then, because you're essentially getting yeah. your freedom and your identity and your way of being stripped away from you. Your, your emotions, you know, your your yeah, it, and it's an emotion thing as well, right? Because the America historically prides itself on the freedom and the freedom of everything and it's emotions and love and all that business that they think and there are good and bad sides to everything right of course there is i'm not here to take a side i'm just saying this is what this movie's doing mm-hmm. and this is what the cold war was all about it was us we want freedom perfectly fair enough uh the russians we want everyone to be equal but that means getting rid of freedoms. And that was why it was this whole difficult Cold War where nobody actually fought anyone. It was just everyone was going, we want this, we want this, we want this for 60 years or however long it was. Until someone decided, until David Hasselhoff decided to cure the world by knocking the Berlin Wall down. And that's and that's Morgan's history of communism. I didn't expect David with, Hasselhoff to be in there, but fair enough. Started with the Russian Revolution in 1917 with Lenin and, and Stalin and, and Trotsky and everybody taking over the uh, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia and, you know, doing this whole, this whole uh, rebellion against, like I said, the revolution. And then Russia became the, the Soviet Union and communist and until 1989 when the Berlin Wall fell and the Soviet Union was disbanded it's also why you get Rocky IV right okay um, uh. Morgan's history of communism there uh, please hate me for making such a meal of that history lesson I didn't think I'd have to do that today I was ill prepared Alright, but the way that goes into the movie is it's talking about Americans' identities being stripped away from them. Precisely. And turning them into aliens, which they, I assume they would view the communist angle as. Yeah, that's exactly right. that's exactly what they are. This is an American movie made in the 50s. Soviets were bad, bad, bad. <laughs> right. Which I find kind of funny, considering what the alternate ending of this was supposed to be. Oh, what was that? I don't think I know that. Well, not so much the alternate ending. I believe it's in the book, but it might have been oh, similar. Okay. I don't know. Uh, the uh, the guy, Jack Finney, who wrote it, uh, it dealt with extraterrestrials, and in his book they have no more of a lifespan than five years. They essentially they leave Earth after they realize that humans are having strong resistance to becoming pod people, and despite them having little chance against an alien invasion, they just decide to say, all right, fuck this, let's go home. Okay, That's, which which is yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> I I like the ending of the movie a lot more. It's way more terrifying. It, it, I mean, is it? Can you even call it an ending? It feels like if this no, was made today, this would be the beginning of the third act. Yeah, it is the beginning of the end. Um, oh, but that's a, that's a good little uh, analogy there. The beginning well, of the end. The beginning of the end, but it is also the end of the beginning. It is both things simultaneously. There's a lot of simultaneous things happening in the movie, and this that is why I like it. Um, I must admit, 
after having just watched this today, this has gone right up there in my uh, standings of sci-fi movies. Oh, definitely. Um, it's definitely got to be up there. And you can see how influential it's become. I mean, you look at stuff like... Even stuff like Us could be considered mm. kind of similar. Yeah, or like, very, very uh, similar. I guess Get Out in a way? I mean... Kind of? More, definitely more so Us with this whole idea of... Like, you bring up the, the idea of identity. And, of course, Us doesn't have anything to do with communism or McCarthyism or anything like that because it's made in a different era and those nah, it's ideas more about, aren't like, relevant and that kind of thing yeah whereas um, Get Out is like we admire this identity so much that we want to be exactly like it and screw how they feel about it it's kind of similar yeah. but a different execution more focused on the racism angle yes yeah, def- which is of course the today's major issue Mm-hmm. in US culture um, which is why I always love no, no genre does no genre represents a no genre represents the culture it was made in more than horror does not a reason why it's um, the best genre which is why I love the genre so much because I, I am a I'm a cultural buff right i'm a history buff i like this sort of stuff i like realizing what the hell was going on in the world at a time a movie was made it makes me enjoy all these older movies more because i get a view of the what the world was like then mainly what america was like then because a lot of the movies i end up watching are american movies but you can watch stuff from everywhere you watch japanese movies or spanish movies or whatever it is and you get a feel for Especially in horror, you get a feel for the culture of the time, and that is what Invasion of the Body Snatchers does so, so well, as well as being a very entertaining and... Well-acted. Well-acted and creepy movie. Very atmospheric. Uh, Despite the fact that it's not outright violent or outright gory, it's just tense, and it gets to a level below... Uh, your skin as a as a viewer and these characters that they realize that they're like you said their identities are being taken over their way of life is being threatened and they don't like that and that terrifies them and it's a more subtle way of invasion isn't it it's a some sort of it's it's an invasion it is an invasion but but it's not like war of the worlds where it's like here's these big fucking ships blasting everybody It's more no, like definitely. we're gonna just put ourselves in your community and we're gonna make you change to suit us. Yeah, exactly. So it's exactly. kind of and it's also colonization in a way. Very much. So. See, lot of layers to the movie Nolan. Lot of layers to it. We like our layered movies on it's a wonderful podcast. They offer wonderful uh, discussions. Uh, I also don't think I've brought up yet. That this uh, this movie is directed by Don Siegel, who do you know who Don Siegel is? Are you Does he hang out at the, the beach? Name? Does he steal your chips? Like <laughs> no, but he is responsible for Clint Eastwood becoming uh, more than just a western star. Ah, uh, thanks. He um, look, don't hate on Clint Eastwood. He makes it too easy. 
Why? Okay. Um, yeah, so he, Don Siegel directed Dirty Harry, and uh, with Dirty Harry was Clint Eastwood's first, um, you know, contemporary movie, if you know what I mean. It was his first movie set in the present day. Because throughout the 60s, he was just Western, 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 Western. As we well know on this show, when we did Paint Your Wagon, yep. uh, which was a Western musical. Um, Don Siegel directed, yeah, Dirty Harry. also directed Escape from Alcatraz, which was also... Uh, it's quite a uh, prolific filmography this guy's got, then. And um, I think it's I think it's Unforgiven. You know, Clint Eastwood unforgiven that is dedicated to both Don Siegel and Sergio Leone by Clint Eastwood. Fair enough. Um, yeah. As as the two biggest directing influences in his life. So Don Siegel's a pretty big name. Um and I just like the fact that he 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 did this movie. And I like the fact that it, it turns out so great. It did. And this is I mean, when I watched that documentary of James Cameron talking about sci fi, this came up a lot yes because uh i think this was kind of maybe the start of sci-fi that wasn't seen as ridiculous or like over the top or you just watch for some blasting aliens or whatever this is the start of things that would then lead to things like inception or arrival where they are much more subtle with their messages than they are with like blasting stuff yeah, it's definitely look. It's definitely a, a, an early example of that. Um, like I always end up mention, mentioning is Day the Earth Stood Still, which is nineteen fifty one, so it's five years before this. That is also a sci fi movie that is uh, very much subtle with with what it's saying and takes itself incredibly seriously and is all the better for it. Uh, this movie also does that. Um, War of the Worlds, like we said, does it less so, but it, at least it has something to say. It does. Um, what it says is very plainly obvious, and it is kind of more about the special effects in that one um, than Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is there to be more of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It is there to be more of a... I mean, we've put it in Monster Movie May. The pod people are monsters, in the eyes of the movie, in the eyes of the characters in the movie, they are monsters. Much like, you know, if we're talking in the Cold War, both sides viewed each other as monsters who were completely alien to the other side. Layers upon layers upon layers. Lay- layers upon layers upon layers. It's like a ratatouille. Um, it's like it, 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 a ratatouille. Does a ratatouille have a lot of layers to it? I don't think I've ever eaten or even seen a ratatouille apart from in the movie Ratatouille. It's a layered Mediterranean dish with lots of layers of vegetables. I mean, it does look nice in the movie Ratatouille. Um, in the uh, in real life, it doesn't look like that at all. Well, that is a shame because I'm very interested in eating Remy the Rat's ratatouille from Gusteau's restaurant in Paris, Francais. There we go. But, no, this... I mean, I saw that Leonard Maltin, one of our... I guess one of our Leonard. friends... Leonard, Leonard Maltin. 
wonderful human being. Malting Fest just concluded. He loves uh, this, this movie to bits. Like he says it's it's at the same time I think he said it was quiet but also very, very scary because I think like it's more about the thought and the uh the feeling of having your identity stolen by something you can't control that's more frightening than aliens blasting at you. It certainly is. I completely agree, Mr. Maltin. We love you, sir. You are great. But I do think this movie probably gives a lot of fuel to the people who wear tinfoil hats because they think their government is trying to steal their thoughts or something. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Um, especially given that the, the actual whole movie is kind of told in flashback. Yeah, that was an interesting narrative choice. Um, I kind of like it because you open with the lead who is seemingly insane telling these people in the you know in this uh, mental institution um, about his about the the pod people and what he's found out and all that business and then it ends back there once we catch up it goes into flashback gives us the whole story it's all creepy and wonderful then we end up back there and there's you know the the doctors and what have you are still all like no that didn't happen until that one dude comes in with that guy that that on a on a stretcher and what's the line he says yep i forget what the exact line he says do you they're know they're here it? already you're next you're next oh yeah 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 that's the yeah that's what he says uh, when he's on the highway, yeah. when he's chasing all the cars down. I love that scene. Oh, my God. And everybody's just telling him he's a weirdo, but that one dude's got a load of pods hidden in his truck. <laughs> and that's just funny. He's just like, no, no, they're coming for you. It's a, it is very much a sort of, they're coming for you. They're coming for you. And um, he almost says it directly to the camera at one point, and I just love that. Because it ends again, very bleak. It ends. It ends horrifically bleak. Um, again, that's just very sort of. There's the no like the, the idea of they're coming for you. They're coming for you, uh, and almost shouting it to the audience. Yeah, uh, in, there's no like, like thing I in said, Independence Day where they destroy the aliens and then everyone's <laughs> happy at the end. No, no, it is not. No, it is not. It is very like that, but imagine, you know, shouting that to a, an audience in the 50s who were living in the midst of the Cold War, not knowing what the he- when the hell it would break out if it ever would. Thankfully, yeah. it didn't. This, um, I imagine the reaction to that would be similar to, like, you know when you watch a new horror film and it just leaves you wondering, like, holy shit, I'm fucking terrified right now. Yeah, it's like, like it's Hereditary like or Us. Or... Yeah, it's like you said before with Black Mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Black Mirror, with all the all the technology stuff, it comments on what we fear as a culture today, worldwide, uh, for the most part, and makes us think, "Oh God, um, that's not good." But that was really good show. All, all this movie was missing I'm was scared. an intro by Rod Serling. Yeah, you said before, and it was a great analogy is very very black mirror e and uh, it is just that it is it is the same for so that era kind of, and that's it's kind why of perfect timing it. that we did it this week 
Yeah, I didn't even realise Black Mirror was uh, coming back. June 5th, to, three know. new episodes. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy them. I don't really watch Black Mirror, but you're more you a know. Twilight Zone guy. Yeah, I like. Unsurprisingly, I like going old with it. I don't like to, fa- I don't like to face my own fears. I like to face my ancestors' fears. Good, good plan. <laughs> because, because you know what, we've got over those ancestors' fears. We have moved on. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. Hmm. I need I a psychiatrist. Some, I reckon there's a Black Mirror episode or a Twilight Zone episode that's very similar to this. Definitely taking influence from it, but I can't think of what it is right now. I'm sure. I, I can't. I don't. I couldn't name you exactly, but there absolutely is uh, something. Because it, it is ultimately a fairly simple story. Actually, of... what it reminds me of is the Cybermen from Doctor Who. The Cybermen from Doctor Who. Yep, taking your identity, turning you into one of them. Yeah, deleting. And look how deleting look, how you. many, how many times deleting you exactly? How many times in sci-fi history have we had this story of ooh, there's another race that's going to take over the world and it's going to convert everyone to their way of life? It's such a simple story. Even the Daleks is, do that. It is just a. It is just the individual ways those stories are told that make them so worthwhile yeah add to this movie the themes of of you know the communism and the mccarthyism and the the culture of the time as well as this whole identity thing it just preys on it even more and that's why i think it works so so very very well yeah it's that um, lack of power that kind of scares you like i don't think I don't think people are kind of scared of changing their views. They're more scared of having feeling like their views are being controlled by someone else and brainwashing exactly. and that kind of thing. I mean, exactly. I view it just as learning and trying to evolve, but uh, I know some people you, would be like, stop trying to get into my head. Leave me alone. Look, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's never anything wrong with uh, changing views. There's, you know, by all means, look at both sides of things. That's why... I was saying before, I'm not saying that any sort of person's ideology is wrong, unless you're being criminal about it, or just plain cruel to people. So if you're a Nazi, Nobody... basically. Yeah. Ob- like, obviously. No, come on. <laughs> I'm not insane. I know. Um, but yeah, I don't... You, you believe whatever the hell you want to believe, as, as long as you're not harming anybody. So that's, that's, where, that's, where the li- that's where the line is and that's why like before I'm not saying that either side was correct during the cold well that's not true because Stalin was the one who was murdering people yeah fair enough he was wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh politics how I do not care to talk about you too much but how I am sometimes forced to because of the movie we discuss. Well done. I just like people, Nolan. I know. You're a very nice person. You're a very caring person. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that today. Thank you very much. After the the miserable ending of the movie that is very, we're all gonna die. 
everything's gonna because like i said before that one dude comes in with his stretcher and the people don't believe him they don't believe the protagonist um but then this other dude comes in and he's like we found this next to a some sort of seed pod i mean and if you think like, about what would you if this movie had the traditional hollywood ending would it be as memorable no It'd if you had like fucking uh, the the doctor and his girlfriend going up against and saying "up yours, aliens" and then blowing them up, would it? It would not be as memorable. No. Why no. am I just thinking of Independence Day? I don't know why. I don't know. You've had Independence Day and Doctor Who in your head a lot today, and uh, well, I for one, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, no, this it has to have its very bleak ending to work as a as a horror movie as a as a as a monster movie as a really you know hard-hitting sci-fi movie that does have you know it's not it's not exactly uh, a bleak movie throughout it is it is a very entertaining watch for sure but it is it's so well it's just so well made it's so well capped off and I'm surprised at how many times it's been remade. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Look, I would say the ending of this is not as... It's certainly not as famous. It's not as good as the 78 one with Donald Sutherland. Which I haven't uh, seen. Th that just ends with Donald Sutherland pointing and making that horrific noise because his wife... I think it's his wife thinks... Um, you know, Donald Sutherland is still Donald Sutherland when actually he's turned into a pod person. Oh, no. And then he just points at her and goes... <gasps> or whatever. Funny enough, I think that's just the same it. last thing he had in the Hunger Games movies. What, he does that? Yeah, he gets trampled by a bunch of people. No. Oh, no. You see, Granted, I have only seen the, the first... Games. I have only seen the first Hunger Games movie. Um, but that's another yeah, thing, uh, sci-fi. That's another sci-fi dystopia kind of thing, like this is. I don't know if it influenced it in any way at all, but uh... the flies back, by the way. But okay, uh, no, I don't know. I would like to. Would you like to see some sort of sequel to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is more dystopian, which probably, is just the not, real li little band of survivors that are just trying to escape the pod people, but they don't know. That the pod people are the pod people. This is not like a zombie apocalypse, Nolan. It's this like is... a regular people being emotional this is apocalypse. A, this is a regular people apocalypse. To be honest, uh, if you wanna if you wanna walk around a deserted city seeing emotionless people, just go to a Starbucks in Glasgow on the weekday. See, there's there's the there's the old Glasgow dig again. And we all that we always like to have. You notice how it's never me, it's always the person that actually lives in Glasgow that digs on Glasgow um, but yeah that's just another thing that I think is is so um, you know is so great about this movie and is so subtle about this movie is the fact that if you did do some sort of apocalypse sequel movie to it you would just be you would, you would be really having to think who was real and who was a pod person Sort of, sort of um, looking at apathy in a way, because the pod people are, they act apathetic towards everything, and the world acts apathetic towards it. 
So this is another mm-hmm. movie that says stop being apathetic towards everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you can do something, fucking do it. Um, did you know that the term pod people uh, did not come about until much later on? What, after the movie? Way after the movie. I'm talking decades after the movie. Oh, yeah, because they never actually call them pod people in the movie, do they? No. It is just, uh, it is, it obviously refers to this movie, but you can use, I mean, you can use the term for anyone that sort of, for any type of story like this that that's about this whole sort of emotionless identity takeover situation. Um, you can call anyone a pod person. If the tethered in Ulls weren't called tethered, didn't have their actual name, they'd essentially be pod people. Even though they are actually very emotional. Um, mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily accurate. Yeah, the us tethered... is commenting more on privilege than anything else. The tethered are actually way more emotional than regular humans. <laughs> They're all sad. They're really sad. I feel for the tethered. I really want to watch Us again. I just want that movie to come out on Blu-ray so I can go buy it. Well, I don't think it'd be too long, will it? No, I reckon... Well, when did Get Out come out on Blu-ray? Because you got that, like, day one, didn't you? A a few months after it came out in in the movies. In the the cinema. I don't know. It was years ago. I don't remember last week. I reckon it'll come out maybe July or something. Yeah, so go and watch Us Then, then. Us Then, then. Us then them. <laughs> us then them. Us don't watch us and then them. Don't watch. Don't do that. I just feel like I've caught myself in a tongue twister right now, and nobody can tell really what I'm saying, uh, which is not a. Do you know how many pickled peppers good. Peter Piker pipped? Uh, I don't know. Didn't wasn't it countless? I probably. Did he not just? Did Peter Piper not just keep on picking pickled peppers until his pickle pepping pecking picking days were pecking pickled? The pod, the pod people picked a pack. Oh of no! <laughs> I'm sick of the letter P. We're really giving we're really giving the uh, microphone a um, a good chance to prove its worth with its uh, its pop shield right now. Yeah. Um, I hope it's working, otherwise this is horrendous for people to listen to with headphones on. Yeah, although um, I would say overall this movie is... I mean, if you've seen any kind of sci-fi thing, it was definitely at least influenced moderately by this. Yeah. I would love to read the book to see how it differs. So would I, actually. I can't imagine it's a very long book. No, it was a short story, I think, because it was submitted to a magazine, I think, as well. Oh, okay. Okay. And I mean, the movie. As a book later. I mean, this movie is only eighty minutes long, which I was is... grateful for. To be honest, I'm always happy <laughs> when we get low run times because that means the pacing's probably better. Oh well, that's good. Uh, the next movie I've picked is two hours and seventy eight minutes, even though that's not an actual length of time. Is it? Is Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms actually that long? No, it's not two. No, it's not three hours long. <laughs> That would be ridiculous. Yeah, and you've also just given away what we're doing. Um, in fact, you've not given away what we're doing. But I think that's probably a good time to sort of wrap up the whole Invasion of the Body Snatchers discussion. It's been a really good discussion. 
um i think i at least it has hope been. it has um it has definitely ca- ca- kind of a more un- unusual discussion than, than a lot a lot of the time way we've more thematic twisters, we've had themes we've had communism way more them a morgan history lesson that people are gonna probably hate me about but hopefully i made some sort of lick of sense but well uh you are impossible uh, to hate friend you are well that's very nice of you to say but uh we have got a movie of your choice coming up next week and i believe we have already announced our full slate for monster movie may but why the hell don't you just uh, enlighten people uh, again <laughs> we're gonna be heading to a little british horror film night a of british the demon. horror film we're gonna be talking night. night of the demon and i'm not talking about the shitty thing with a fucking uh what's it called the, the werewolf bigfoot roaming around the forest because there is like several movies called Night of the Demon. No, we're talking about the uh, the one that can also be known as Curse of the Demon. Indeed. It's from 1957 and is about Satan worshippers. So, yay. Th- that'll be fun. Uh monsters <laughs> we're covering all the monsters on uh on Monster Movie May Nolan we did giant insects, we've done alien invaders. Um, and next week we are doing actual demons. So mm. we'll go to the demons, I, it and quite, we'll have some um, fun. It will probably end up being my favourite because I like demons, Nolan. I know. I like demons, and I like religious stuff a lot. Yeah, I mean that time when I came to visit you, I mean this the Satanist ritual was a bit much, but. Uh... I did not perform a Satanist ritual. <laughs> I would like to make that clear. Even though I do have a little Funko Pop of Black Philip from The Witch on my shelf. Which is a very nice Funko Pop. That's one it's a very want. nice Funko Pop. It's one of my favourite Funko Pops. It isn't my favourite Funko Pop, though. Do you own Funko Pops? What's your favourite Funko Pop? Well, I have a, I have a nice uh, Black Manta Funko Pop. Ooh. Which I got when I was coming to see you. Uh, oh, so you did? Yes, that's true. I also have Orm. I have uh, Jack Torrance oh, yeah. from The Shining. I have Wonder Woman. Okay. I really want to get Mysterio, but it's not out yet. Well, I'm sure when uh, when your your full Mysterio Funko Pop comes out, you will buy it, and I'm sure that will be your favourite one. Most likely. Uh, I would... I really want to get some horror ones, but the most of the horror Funko Pops look terrible. I completely agree. I uh, I do I do only have two horror horror Funko Pops: Black Philip and uh, Ash from Evil Dead. Yeah, they look decent, but like the big killers, like uh, Freddy and Jason, they look. Oh awful. no no no! Terrible, terrible Funko. Pops. The Michael Myers one is the worst. Yeah, don't. Don't don't be purchasing that. Don't be purchasing that. Um, yeah, I have a lot of good Funko Pops. I don't think I have a favourite. Uh, not a single favourite, anyway. I love them all for different reasons. That's why I have them all. Yay, mm-hmm. Funko Pops, Nolan. And yay, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And yay, Night of the Demon, which we 
are doing next week. Yep. What have you got coming up, dude? What's happening? Uh, can I say this? I don't know. Well, now you've teased everyone. <sighs> so, remember how I'm writing a book? Do you know what? I don't. I don't know really? what's this book. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's called Sunflower. You know, it's a Sunflower. Very, yeah, it's a very happy story about a fictional character who becomes happy. No, it's definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, it, it's my book Moonflower, and the agent, after a very grueling six months, finally got back to me. She did explain mm-hmm. that her long wait was because of traveling and moving offices. Fair enough. All apart, being mm-hmm. an agent. But she loved it. She loved the new version. I'm just going to let you speak. And uh, right now all I have to do is make some additions, like add some character stuff and sort of check for any unconscious problematic content that might be in there, fix that up, basically polish it, add a few different Mm -hmm. things, and then send it back. And, I mean, dude, I think it's a yes. Well, we'll certainly see what happens. And any further news... Um, uh, it's a wonderful podcast. We'll have all the exclusives on the development of, it, although, uh, of Moonflower. I'm glad that people people get this now because fucking one of an author's biggest fears is having to change stuff in your work. But I've actually yeah. kind of been embracing that. Well, that's a good way to be. That's the, that's what I'm. That's what I was talking about before. It's all very good to change sometimes, as long as people aren't. You know, being harmful or or, or there's no sort of um, shouting going on or, or any sort of uh, yeah killing. But I d- it does mean I have to lose a certain section of the book where uh, my main character, who, you know, is an 11-year-old girl, mm-hmm. I had a little thing where she talks to her teddy bear because she doesn't have any friends. Right. Now I have to get rid of that section and replace it with something else. Because I don't want to go over the word count. This is a mid- middle grade book, after all. Okay, so it's a big word count situation. Yeah, most okay. middle grade books don't usually go above 55k. And I'm the like perils, just on that. The perils of writing, ladies and gentlemen. The perils of writing. Yeah, and um, my name's not J.K. Rowling, so I can't write books the size of my head. no no you can't do that um but that is wonderful news i can't wait to hear any more news and i'm sure you will let us all know when uh there is any more news to tell the minute that happens Uh, y'all are getting tagged in the tweet exactly i mean it's all getting good we'll have a big whole gushing situation about it on this show i'm sure and um it will all be, and uh, I will be still wonderful. be around to record this show just because I get a literary agent contract <laughs> does not mean I'm gonna leave. Well, uh, well, I'm that not is gonna. Very, very good news. I'm not gonna Simon Amstel, you guys. That's a British <laughs> reference. Oh, no one, no one understands that. But okay. Um, what I think we should uh, take a little moment to do now is. Uh, remember uh, Doris Day Indeed. passed away this past week at the age of 97 I did say on, on this week's Morgan Hasn't Seen that I think we should leave uh, it to a little bit of a moment on this show 
just for that because this is a show that looks at the older movies Doris Day a big uh, obviously part of, of old Hollywood and a a real star of, of that era of uh, movies and uh, we have never done a Doris Day movie on this show but I definitely would like to do one maybe Pillow Talk or something like that once Monster Movie May has finished how do you feel about that perhaps? I'd be down to do some Doris Day that would be wonderful well that is uh, wonderful so yeah that's just I just wanted to bring that up and rest in power Doris Day 97 is no uh, mean feat although nobody's ever going to beat Kirk Douglas who's still somehow going at 102 and a half years old well done Kirk Douglas it's madness um, but yeah I just wanted to bring uh, that up but yeah aside from the book and we've already actually talked about some movies, haven't we? We did that up front this week, which is quite unusual. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we should just wrap the show up, Nolan. So, where can everybody find you? Are you up to anything else? They can find me at NolanDean27. They can find me writing away and trying to get this damn book finished. Yeah. And they can also find me on YouTube at NolanDean, and they can find me on this show they can find you on this show and this show is it's a wonderful podcast this has been episode 56 talking invasion of the body snatchers from 1956 i always love it when the year matches up to the episode number and there's not too many left that that might be possible on um we only have you know because we tend to stay that side of 1970 ish Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, we're, we're we're getting up to there. Unless we get to like episode a hundred and thirty-two, and we do one from nineteen thirty-two. I don't know. Something like that might happen. I guess it's the same sort of thing. Um, but yes, this is it's a wonderful podcast. You can find the show on Twitter at it's a wonderful one. Use the hashtag it's a wonderful one uh, to see all the updates. On, uh, on this show, what's going on on this show, the main show, and on Morgan Hasn't Seen with myself and Janine, which we are in the middle of our Keanu Reeves series. Um, you can you go and listen to the, uh, the ridiculous episode uh, talking about John Wick Chapter 2 that went up this past Wednesday. Uh, where we barely actually talk about John Wick Chapter 2 as opposed to singing and, you know, mispronouncing the word parabellum or parabellum. I can't even remember what the correct pronunciation of... Parabellum. The the little cold... The the subtitle of the third John Wick movie. It didn't need a subtitle. No, I don't think it did either, but still. We will be talking about uh, John Wick 3 next week next wednesday on morgan hasn't seen so you can go and check uh, that out there it's a great show uh you can find me on that show as well as this show uh and you can find the feed on apple podcast and spotify and stitcher and podbean and all the other glorious places google podcasts and you can download the show on all of those please go and do that and please on apple podcast please leave those are five star rate and reviews because it really helps the show out and 
We want to keep expanding and doing more and bringing more good stuff to you on both shows. And any more shows that may may one day happen on this feed. Um, I'm sure it will be wonderful if and when that does happen. But the way to do that is with support, and we get support by those five-star rate and reviews, and by sharing around, sharing the uh, the podcast around, uh, tweeting about it, you know, uh, telling everyone about it. Uh, we will love you forever if you do any of those things. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. After all that, you can find me on Twitter at the Purple Don. With a three instead of the E in the, because three is the magic number. Or on Instagram, at simply the purple don, with no numbers, because Instagram likes me. Uh, Twitter still doesn't like me, and I'm very, very sad about that. But Twitter doesn't like anything at the minute, Nolan. And I think I'm in good company, because Twitter does not like anything. What a terrible place to be. What a terrible place to be. This has been episode 56 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. Until we go and, you know, hang out with some Satanist people and some demons next week. Uh, in episode 57. Did that movie come out in 1957? I, don't know. <gasps> we'll I think it might have done. Will we do it two weeks in a row, guys? I don't know. I'm so excited now. Nolan, see us out before I die from excitement. They're here. See you, guys. That's from Poltergeist. That doesn't exist. (laughs) That's not real. Bye. Bye.